Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast, featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. So Kevin and I want to do two things today. We want to really impress everyone here with the power of prayer and also demystify it in the sense that I think many of us grew up with the idea that we needed somebody else, somebody who was authorized and trained to pray for us. And, and that is not true. I mean, we're both happy to pray with you as our, our prayer chaplains, all of whom have had a little bit more training than maybe you have, but everyone in this room is authorized to pray. <laughs> <laughs> So you should tell your story about Natalie because you were definitely inexperienced. I didn't this. feel I was authorized at the yeah. time, for sure. Um, I guess this, this is like one of the most pivotal stories in, in my life and is the reason I'm here in front of you guys today. Um, this is about three years ago. Before I found out Unity, I had just read The Five Principles, which is a great book. Some of us are doing spirit group on that, and I've read it several times. But in this book, see, before this, let me just set the groundwork. Before this, the rest of my life, if somebody said, let's pray, I'd be like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be back. <laughs> you fill me in what happened when I was gone, right? It's like, whatever. It's prayer stuff. And I have this friend of mine, and she's a photographer, and she's very, very... Um, very fundamental Christian, and I love her to death, and she's always like, praise God, praise God, let's pray, praise God, let's pray, and I, you know, after a while, I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> but I love her, and she, she's got the biggest heart in the world. So I, I had just read this book, and it talked about how you can pray without feeling like you're begging this deity and you're, you're at their mercy, and I was like, wow, that kind of makes sense, and it was Literally, within a day after I finished this book, I got a message from her, and she said, Kevin, my niece, who's six years old, just fell out of a two-story window onto the concrete, and her skull's fractured, body was broken almost everywhere, brain damage, I mean, all her organs were punctured or something, and it was just, she's like, please join me in prayer. I know you're not a prayer person, but please pray with me, and I said, I will pray with you this time. Because I felt like I knew how to pray finally. Like it wasn't begging, it was just seeing and affirming. The next day I had a dream and in this dream I was out on these plains in Africa and there was a big beautiful tree like a banyan tree with uh, branches going every which way and things hanging off, and these children were playing, these little African children were running around, they're playing, they're climbing the tree, and I see this boy up on the limb, and he starts to fall in the limb, and you know, like in the dream when you're trying to, no, <laughs> running in quicksand, I've got to save this boy, I've got to save this boy, and I just, I couldn't, and I watched him fall, 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 and he hit the ground, and I remember just having this feeling like, no, it can't, it can't, it can't, and then he got up, and he said, I'm okay. And then he ran to go play with his friends, and he was playing with his friends, and, and I just sat there, and in my dream, I'm crying, going, this is awesome, this is perfect, he's okay, he's okay. So the next day, I called my friend, and I said, I had this dream, and I know it's about Natalie, and I know she's going to be okay, and we're going to pray. And she's like, awesome, awesome, I'm so excited, I'm going to tell all my family about this dream, I know it's, you know, and so we started praying, and 
literally every morning, every afternoon, every night, I would just picture Natalie. I'm okay. I'd just picture her jumping up and jumping out of her hospital bed and then running and playing with her friends. And that's all I did. I didn't beg God. I didn't say, please save Natalie. She's such a sweet little girl. She's so innocent. Please, 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 please. None of that. It was just like, I'm okay. <laughs> and I could see that. And I could feel it in my bones that she was okay. And I just kept holding that vision. And I did that. And weeks went on. And we would get these messages from the doctors. It's a miracle. This organ we thought we were going to take out, it repaired itself. It's, uh, we thought she was going to be completely brain dead. She's now you know, making symbols. She's doing things. So every week, it seemed we get this report. There was a miracle of some sort happening. And then several weeks into that, finally, I get this text message with a video. And on the video, it's Natalie. I'm OK. <laughs> Walking down the street, chasing after her friends. I mean, she wasn't running. Granted, it wasn't, you know, she was still in a back brace. But she was, she was doing it. And I just cried like a baby. I couldn't believe it. And that I just knew that prayer worked. At that point, I knew it. And it didn't have to be this scary thing that we could all do it. And it's just a matter of just showering somebody with love, just picturing the way you want them to be. That's all it is. And you can't do it wrong. Jane told me in, my, in our class, we did a prayer class, and the first thing she said was, you can't do it wrong, so don't worry. I'm going to show you some techniques, and you can try this, but you can't do it wrong. And that sort of just set everything at ease for me. And of course, then I joined the prayer chaplain team. I joined Unity. I'm going to study to be a minister. And it kind of like got out of control a little bit. Yeah. So be careful with prayer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it might take you someplace you have no idea you're ever going to go. You know, that's for sure. But. Um, so that was sort of yeah. my so, entry. So your story illustrates a few things that are really helpful to know. One is when you're praying, focus on what you want, not the story about how you got there. So if you, if you feel like you just need to set the stage so people who are praying for you know just how pitiful you are, you're focusing on how pitiful you are. And you don't want to do that. The whole concept of prayer is focus on what you want. Jesus said something about, you know, the problem is you're looking at the fields that are bare. See the fields full, even though it's winter. And in our lives right now, there are certain circumstances, like Grace was talking about in her life, it's like, we've got winter now. The house is gone. The job is gone. The, dare, the daycare needs to switch. But if she keeps focusing on what she doesn't have, she will continue to flourish in lack. Instead, she needs to see. And the second thing that his story illustrates is feeling. There was so much emotion to what he experienced when he was picturing Natalie running and walking. And thirdly, it's an image. So he had an image that he got from the dream where he is seeing He's seeing an image of this child who lands and runs off and is fine. The subconscious mind, the language, is image and emotion. 
And if you don't use those in your prayer, it will be less effective because your subconscious mind isn't listening. And your subconscious mind is the one that generates all those powerful images that are worry, right? Oh, what's going to happen if? And you tell yourself these horror stories and wonder why you walk around in a state of anxiety, yeah. right? Don't we all do that? Megan in my class, she, she gave me this anecdote. Her, her guru said to her, well, if you know how to worry, you know how to pray. <laughs> Which is the same thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's what you put your attention on is your prayer, whether it be worry or good stuff. It's the same. It's right. just where your, your focus is all the time. Yeah. yeah. And so you have some little papers at your seat. Um, and if you didn't get one or you don't have a pen, if you raise your hand, um, the greeters will bring one around for you. But these are for you to fill out in order for you to have a prayer partner. Now, you don't have to do this, but I so strongly recommend that you do because prayer is incredibly powerful. And what you're going to do if you decide that you want a prayer partner, you're going to fill it out, you're going to put it in the basket and at the offering later on, and we'll match you up with somebody who, and you'll contact each other and pray together. And um, Kevin and I are just going to model for you what that could look like. There's an important caveat with prayer partners, and that is you are calling to pray, period. You are not... But, 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 but. Yeah, you're not calling to tell the whole sad story of everything that's happened that led you up to this moment that you need this prayer. You are not calling to tell about this great movie that you saw or anything else that's going on in your life you will develop an incredible friendship with this person, but it will be different than any other friendship that you have. You may want to tell the person about other things, but you're going to say, can I call you right back? You're going to hang up the phone, end the prayer, and then call them back, and you can talk as long as you want to. But if you don't follow this rule, what will happen is the calls will get longer and longer, and longer, and your prayer partner will see your number, and they'll say, I don't have time for this now. So you need to keep it to like five minutes max, because we've all got five minutes. Okay? Um, so let's demo. Yeah. So just, I've had a prayer partner myself for over a year, regular, every morning, 8.15. Mm -hmm. we, we talk and we pray. Um, I know you've got a Mm -hmm. or have had regular prayer partners. I've you had can, several. You can switch and try different people and, you know, there's a lot of ways you can do it and also different ways you can pray as far as um, some people like to say, well, tell me what you'd like to claim. I'll tell you what I like to claim and then we'll both pray for the same things or maybe you pray for me and I pray for you. So it's, you know, mm -hmm. whatever you want to do. doesn't really, whatever works for you guys. And you can't do it wrong, so don't correct your prayer partner. <laughs> Unless you want a new prayer partner immediately. <laughs> so how may I pray with you? Well, right now I have a, another friend who her daughter has uh, brain cancer, and she's struggling with that. So I would like to pray to affirm her wholeness and love for her family so they are all okay. pulling together in strength. So we just 
close our eyes and go into that space where we are able to remember the immense power of love that fills the whole cosmos, that creates the cosmos. That power of love is all that is. And we fold this family into that power of love. We know that they are that love expressing, entwining, nourishing one another. And this child with the brain tumor, this is like the weather. This brain tumor has come and it can go. And the power of love only sees wholeness in this child. We deny the power of any other story. We see this child flourishing like the tree in our meditation. We see the branches going out into the cosmos, receiving love and healing, and receiving nourishment from the earth. And we know that she is well, and this family is whole. And so it is. And we are so grateful. So it is. Thank you. You're welcome. And so we could, we could go back and forth with that. Um, let, let's just do one more. So, How may I pray for you? So I am at that time of year where I'm organizing all the programs for the next quarter, and there are so many things to put in there, and I want to get out of the place of feeling like it's an impossible task and get into the flow of divine order. Can't help you there. <laughs> You're on your All own, right. babe. All right. All right. We need somebody else to come up here. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. Uh. <laughs> when I'm with, if I'm praying with somebody, I, I like to connect with them. But if you're on the phone, this is harder. <laughs> All right, Jane. Let's first go to our hearts. Relax. See if we can get so still we can even feel our hearts beating in our chest. I know that when I am still enough to see the Christ light in me, it's when I can feel that heart beating. And I know that I'm ready now, that we are ready to claim what is already ours, and that is divine order, flow, goodness, ease. It's all ours. And anytime we get off track or distracted by little things, tasks, all we need is 30 seconds to slow, feel our heartbeat, and embrace spirit like a warm, blanket wrapping around us. We surround it. It surrounds us. This amazing virtual blanket of loving energy it gives us peace no matter what, no matter where, no matter when. And from here, we can accomplish anything and we know that the help we need will also flow right into us. And for this, we are super grateful. And so it is. So, so it, it is. is. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
So notice in that, in that process, there's a, a little bit of a structure to it that you can use, and that is just tune in to the all and remember you're part of that. And so all the power that is there is available, available for download in any moment. Claim what you want and then be grateful and let it go. That's essentially it. So I also want to, we have several people that have asked to share their stories of prayer. And I know we could probably get every single one of you up here with a story of prayer, but we're not going to stay here until midnight. So we're going to limit it to three. Pamela, would you come up and share your story? About two and a half years ago, I was in the And actually, I had that thought at that moment. It was like, uh, you know, I don't really want to commit to this. But about that time, my son had a psychotic break. Um, and my other son was in a head-on collision with a young girl who hit him, died at the scene. And um, prayer has been absolutely transformational in getting through things. So Carol over here and I have prayed for two and a half years. And it's like masterminding to me. It's like, what is my intention? And I, um, Janet, was it Stevenson? Jody Stevenson talked in the Tao about really get clear about the what. The how is spirit. And I want to acknowledge Dan as you were masterminding and things went crazy and trying to make this happen. And you kept saying, spirit is the how, is the spirit, you know, letting that. So just opening that up. Each time we pray, that's what we're opening up and getting present to. And it's just been a life-changing experience. Having that as a practice is really what's been uh, amazing, and I want to just acknowledge you. Do you want to say something? <laughs> okay. okay, Carol, say something because it's a partnership. Thank you. Sorry, Jane. Well, this has been uh, transformational for me too, and it, it's just this wonderful reminder that um, when we tune into spirit, that everything is possible in divine order. And this practice that we share together and this bond that we've deepened together has helped me to remember every time we pray, I go, oh, right, okay, right, and cancel those thoughts I was having. And, you know, it's, it's a daily thing for me, but I feel like my synapses have really started changing as a result of this, this prayer practice that we have. And I acknowledge you for the, the deep, deep, deep... <laughs> connection that we have and, and the support. Thank you. So Lynn also has a prayer partner story and a, and a powerful healing. She probably has lots of stories, but she's going to share one story that has really been powerful for her. Um, and I also just wanted to, I don't know if there's a um, Unity magazine that has daily and Yesterday, it turns out, it was on prayer. And so it said, um, I affirm right and perfect outcomes for all. Through my faith and through prayer, 
I align with the activity of spirit and connect with others spiritually. I release any doubts and affirm the highest and best for them. I envision their health, wholeness, peace, and prosperity. As my faith is coupled with my imagination, my affirmations are supercharged. In my mind's eye, I envision my prayers being answered in ways both expected and unexpected. I imagine hearing from the person for whom I am praying, telling me that he or she received the perfect response. I release the need to determine what answered prayer might look like. I simply pray, give it all over to spirit, then wait to be amazed. I believe in the power of prayer. And for me, um, I think you I always started with prayer for myself. But one of my stories is that, um, and I've shared it, I guess, but my son and daughter-in-law came to visit. I have two sons. This is my oldest son, and he's a fighter. And he married somebody who told me she doesn't believe in family. Um, she didn't have a good childhood, and she said, family doesn't mean to me what it means to you and your son. And so we didn't end very well when she left. And the problem is they have a child, and it's my only grandchild. And so the next time I saw them, my fun son came to visit with the child without him. And what I started doing was just praying for her health and happiness, that she realizes how important family is, that the best for her. And every time I pictured her, anything during the day, especially, you know, when the negatives started popping in my head about her, I'd do this thing, I'd go, cancel, cancel. And then I'd do a prayer. <laughs> you know, wishing her goodness and happiness. And um, the next thing I knew, actually, my son called me and asked me if I'd babysit and come visit. Um, she's not my best friend, but on the other hand, I come and she hugs me and she thanks me for coming. She hugs me goodbye. Um, and she's happy I'm there. And so I totally throw that on prayer, that without those prayers, I would still be having a major problem. Um, the other thing, my younger son was having problems in his marriage. And I just kept praying for the perfect outcome. And the thing is, I think we used to pray, you want a red car, you know? You want them to be together. And I really just prayed for the perfect outcome. You don't know how it's going to turn out. And they started going to a marriage counselor. And my daughter-in-law called me the other day that she's over the hump. And it was her. That she's over the hump. Mm -hmm. They're moving on. And, and again, I put it on prayer. Um, and the last thing, talking about prayer partners, I'm good friends with Suzanne. And how it started was prayer partners. Because when you pray with each other, you share some really special, deep things. And you get to really know each other well and care about each other. Thank you. You're welcome. And we have one more prayer story that Nate and Aaron want to share. 
you mind if we hang out with you guys? Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. Come on. Part of it. We should start with a prayer. And that is that I'm able to keep this succinct yeah. to the point. We will just I'm grab it. in a place in the whole world right now, and that is on a stage, um, speaking about stuff I, I'm, that's important to me. Um, I, I, I feel it's, it's important to point out that the, the mere fact that Aaron and I are here today is what I consider a divinely orchestrated event. Um, the fact that unity came into our lives because I don't know anybody else who is less church going than we are. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's a completely different story yeah. that we'll share with you some other day. <laughs> but today uh, I want to talk to you about a miracle that has recently occurred in our lives. Um, started, uh, it happened 10 days ago. Um, I can't believe it was only 10 days ago. It seems like a lifetime ago now. Um, and um, I basically lost my prayer virginity uh, <laughs> at that day uh, out of desperation. Um, my beloved uh, wife and I, um, Aaron here, we were at the uh, Bend Rock Gym um, climbing. We're new climbers, about two months in. We're totally addicted to it. And um, we're there with our daughter, our teenage daughter, and her boyfriend, um, just having a, a great afternoon. And um, we're towards the end of our, our, our stint there. And um, Aaron, I wasn't with her, I was talking to a friend we ran into, and she's climbing up. And for those of you who don't know, climbing is two types. There's the climb where you're roped and you're strapped in, and you fall, no big deal, you get caught. And then there's the what's called bouldering and you're free climbing. Usually no more than about 15 to 20 feet up, um, but still 20 feet up. Um, in this particular case, she's on a climb that peaked out about 15 feet. Um, and so she's at the very top of it, getting ready to do the last grab. Uh, ironically, this is the last grab that I chickened out on the day before. Uh, I could feel it. It didn't feel right. Something was energetically wrong with this handhold. And it just didn't feel right. And I needed to make the leap to this hand up here, and I didn't do it. I chose not to. Um, but this woman is the most courageous person I know. Notice I did not say courageous woman I know. Most courageous person I know. And she was up there, and being courageous, went for it. And lost this hand going for a grip that was 15 feet off the ground and went straight down to the ground, as gravity will do, because she's in a laid-back position and her feet are basically more or less level with the rest of her body. And there's nothing to hang on to when you don't have this grip. And this one is going for the other one. And so down she goes, 15 or 13 and a half feet as we determined for the medical report that ensued. And uh, a Yelp went out, and I rushed over to her. And she's completely flat on the ground, not moving, um, but is conscious and can't tell me whether or not she's OK. Um, awesome people at Ben Rockton, by the way, come over and help us. And long story short, ambulance comes. Backboard, stretcher, 18, medical personnel, you name it. Um, 
I should back up a little bit and say that for spiritual reasons, um, and and we don't keep health insurance. And so you can imagine the fear that is in us. We've led a very and here we are staring at what could be hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of no who knows what. Wow. Uh, and her back's in extreme pain at this point. And off she goes to the hospital. I can't leave quite yet because I have my teenage daughter and her boyfriend there, and we're waiting for his parents to come get them, get her, excuse me, get him. And so I have a few minutes to kill while she's off to the hospital. And I'm in a daze, not knowing what to do. And the only thing that comes to my mind said, we got this. I don't remember what the exact words were, but they, they had it. Um, and that was that. I left it at that. And they uh, rallied the troops and off Aaron went to the hospital and I went to her shortly thereafter and we were there in what was an insane day at the hospital. There, mm -hmm. Everybody was there in the ER. It, people were just spilling into the waiting room. It was a bazillion degrees below zero. And it was crazy. It was like a television show. It was so painful to be there. And um, she goes and gets her x-rays finally after hours of waiting. I think we were there a total of four hours. Gets her x-rays finally. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Mind you, she has to pee at one point. So we're, we, the, the nurse comes and gets her the body. And we're talking pain that is so intense that it induces immediate crying. Um, they come back and go, well, you've fractured your L1 vertebrae. And immediately when that happens, this warm heat goes over her back uh, in the area. Incredibly warm sensation goes over the back. And I've, I've received texts from these guys since then letting us know that there are helping hands in the midst. Mm. And there was no fear. We just knew to the core of our being it was okay. And here we have this doctor telling us that it's not okay. And starts to give us all sorts of, this is you can do, and da, 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 this is what you need. And by the way, here's some narcotics. Uh, mind you, she is being courageous, not taking any painkillers at this point. And um, within an hour, we're walking out of there. Walking. No wheelchairs. Tons of pain, don't get me wrong. Crying. Tears falling down her face on the way to the car. Uh, tears going down her face. <laughs> we go to Costco to the pharmacy to get the painkillers, which she never took, um, and did this speed up maneuver and just shook the whole Jeep. It was crazy. I mean, I thought she was going to die, the pain. Um, and this is on the way home. And so we go. 